Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I'm so honored to have you all here. Why don't you take out those notes? We are diving into the finale of our Miracles of Jesus series. And I've got a message for your life today that I think is going to help you. We are a note-taking church. So pull out those notes that you got. And our final miracle we're gonna talk today about is sight to the blind. Sight to the blind. Out of all the miracles that Jesus did in the gospels, healing of blind eyes was the one that happened the most. So food was multiplied twice, three people, Jesus raised them from the dead, but there were eight different occasions of eyes being opened up in the scripture. Now, why does that matter? It matters for a lot of reasons. One is that every time Jesus healed somebody with blindness, he did it um, a different and unique way. So one time he spoke, one time he touched their eyes, one time he used dirt, another time clay, sometimes he spit on their eyes. Like Jesus uniquely did the miracle. And this teaches us a lesson that I want you to lean into is that God deals with us all personally. He is a personal God and he's got a personal approach that is different for every single person. So this means, listen to me at every campus, don't judge the way that God is working in somebody else's life just because it's different than how he worked in your life. Can you hear a better amen today, church? Because God works uniquely in all different areas. And so we see it in different stories that he did different ways. He also shows us that healing of the blind eyes was unique to Jesus because we don't see anywhere else in the scriptures in the Old Testament where blind eyes were open. We see miracles of the dead being raised, leprosy being cleansed, um, the lame walking, but the miracle of blind eyes opening, Jesus brought onto the scene. And he shows us because it shows us something deeper that we all need. It's a miracle we all need in our lives. So we're gonna turn to it today in the book of Luke, Chapter 18, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. It's one of the eight different stories of blind eyes being open. And this is a story we're gonna learn, learn about today that will help you understand what it means to have sight to the blind. Sight to the blind. And I think it's gonna be a message that'll encourage you. And especially it'll encourage you if you've lost some vision for your life. And you feel like you're wandering, you feel like you don't know what the future holds. I believe God wants to restore some sight today. Luke chapter 18, I'm gonna teach through it, verse 35. And the Bible says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Now we know from another passage where Jesus talks about the same story, the blind man's name was Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus means son of, Bart of, Bart means son of, and then Timaeus, which is the guy, that obviously his father's name or whoever raised him's name. So we see that Bartimaeus was sitting on the roadside begging. Why is he begging? Because as a man that dealt with blindness in that day, there was no jobs, there was no opportunities. His only way of survival was begging. But look at verse 36. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening and what did they do? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Let me give a quick note of honor to the man in our story who decides to use the gift that he does have instead of making an excuse for the one that he doesn't have. I love the fact that this man leaned in and instead of making excuses, he made progress and said, I might not have my sight, but I do have hearing and I can hear something that's going on. 
Can I encourage you today? Stop focusing on what you're missing and start using what God has already given you in your life today. It's a key to you moving forward to what God has for you. You might not have sight, but you can hear. And if you can hear, use it for God's glory. You might not have a marriage, but you've got your singleness. Use it for God's glory. You might not be smart, but you're athletic. Come on, somebody. Use it for God's glory. You might not be able to sing, but come on, I can speak, or I've got a little bit of technology. I can use it for God's glory. I might not have my dream job, but I've got a job, and I'm going to use it for God's glory. Let's stop making excuses and start making progress to what God has for our life. Can I hear a better amen across Tampa? Bay. The Bible says he shouted out and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He says, have mercy. Mercy is, God, remove the punishment and give me what you want for my life. Blindness is looked as a, a punishment, a result of sin. Now we know that it's not the case physically, but spiritually we're in the dark. And we need God's mercy. Is there anybody who just needs God's mercy in your life today? Don't we all need it? And the Bible says, and he said, shout it out. And when they, those who um, led the way rebuked him, and they told him to be quiet. But I love this. Look what happens when the people tried to shut him up. He shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. I love this. He doesn't get drowned out or shut up by people who don't know what he's actually dealing with. How many times we're listening to a crowd of people that have no clue what's actually going on in our life. And they're saying things like, don't worship like that, don't give like that, don't shout like that, don't serve like that. Let me tell you, they don't have a clue what you're going through, and they don't have a clue of what Jesus is, can do in your life. So, so can I just encourage you, stop listening to the, listen to the crowd, and keep pressing into Christ. Stop listening to the crowd, keep pressing into Christ. I feel like there's a word from God for somebody today. You're listening to what your, your daddy tells you to do, your grandma tells you what to do, your friends tell you what to do. Everybody's got an opinion about your life. Can I encourage you? Lean into what God has for your life. Lean into what God has. And Jesus stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now pause there for just a second because I'm sitting there going, it's Jesus. He knows what the man needs. But I think he's not asking a question to try to ask the man, hey, listen, what do you want me to do in the sense of what's wrong with you? I think the question could be better phrased this way is what are you actually believing me for right now? What are you believing me for? And the man could have responded anyway. He could have responded with, I've got a little back pain for leaning over while I'm begging. Actually, Jesus, I've got a cup that needs to be refilled because I'm begging and people aren't giving too much today. But he wanted to know what level of faith this man had for the miracle he needed in his life. And the man responds with, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. Can I just encourage you across Tampa Bay today? Stop dumbing down what you think God can do in your life. Stop, many times we miss out on the great miracle because we're asking too little from a God that can do infinitely more than we can ask or think or imagine. Can we give him a little bit of praise today, church? He's a good God. He can do more. 
So at the end of this service, we're gonna pray for miracles today. Can you pray for more than you've been praying? Can you believe God for something greater? And this man decided, you know what? I'm gonna lean in to the greatest miracle I need in my life right now. When you got Jesus in front of you, you better ask big. You better believe big. And Jesus said to him, look at this, receive your sight and your faith has healed you. In other words, because you asked big, you receive big. And I think we need to believe God for some big things in our life today. And look what this says. And it says, and immediately, immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. When you see the miracle of restoring sight to the blind, I have to ask this question across all of our campuses today that I think is important for you today. And here's what I want you to write down. Ready? Have you lost your vision? Have you lost your vision? Have you lost the vision of what God wants to do through your life? Have you lost the vision when it comes to your marriage? Have you lost the vision of what it it deals with your job? Have you lost the vision of how to raise your kids? Have you lost the vision of what God wants to do for you? Helen Keller says it this way, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Having sight but no vision. And that's what I see in our world today. I see a bunch of people who are walking around without a vision for their life, without a vision of what God wants to do through them. And I want to reinforce to you today that God has created you on purpose, for a purpose, with some kind of destiny in your life. And you've got to get your vision back for what God wants to do through your life. The Bible says it this way, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Do you know why you're doing some of the things you're doing? You know why you're unrestrained when it comes to your finances, when you're unrestrained, when it comes to going out and partying? You know why you're unrestrained when it comes to your time and your discipline? Because you don't have a clear vision for your life. Another version says it this way, without vision, people perish. They perish. Perishing death is the result of a lack of vision. So the marriage dies when you stop getting a vision for it. The, the, the relationship with the kids die when you stop getting a vision for it. The business starts to dwindle when you stop getting a vision for it. I, I'm excited about our church, the doors that God's opening. I've got more vision, more opportunities. Why? Because I ain't gonna let anybody in Tampa Bay perish because we lack a little bit of vision. Can I hear an amen? Like, like we gotta go for it because things perish when there's no vision. For instance, um, I've got five kids and I'm trying to take care of those five kids. My wife, didn't, she did such a good job. And we got two, and, and we got a little dog, and, and I want that dog to survive, and it's a big deal. <laughs> but once in a while, people will give us a potted plant. Once in a while. Someone will give us a plant, and we'll, we'll put it in our house, and it looks so beautiful, or some, some beautiful flowers, and they'll give us this little plant. And the reality is, is that plant comes to my house to die. <laughs> to die. Now, I don't know how it works with your house, but if, if you say, I've got an undestructible plant, let me just tell you, if it comes to my house, it dies. <laughs> Now, not on purpose. It's not, it's not that we don't care. We love the plants. We love nature. We love the environment. We love all of that thing. But we just don't have much of a vision for it. <laughs> and because of that, we forget to do this thing called water it and put it in sunlight. And just the other day, we're cleaning up at the house. And, and I saw all these, these things all over the ground. I'm like, what is this from? And I looked at the, the table. There's just another plant. Somebody with their good heart gave us another plant. And they thought it would survive. It didn't survive. It went into the dump. Why? Because without vision, it, 
it perishes. Write it down in your notes this way, ready? When I don't have a vision for my destination, I will be detoured by every distraction. And that's the reality of so many people today. You're detoured by him or her or that job or that hobby or that thing in your life and you're detoured because you forgot what does God have for my life? What is the direction he wants me to go? And I'm believing today that by the end of this service, you're gonna get a fresh vision for what God has for your life. You're gonna be ready to go out of this place and go, God, I know what you have for me. I know what's next. And it happens when people get in God's presence and experience God's presence. He's got a plan that he wants to give you for your life. The Bible actually says it so beautifully. He says, in the last days, And he says it this way. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Now, what should be the result of God pouring out his spirit on all people? Now, people would sit there and go, oh, the result of it is, and if you filled in the blank, it would be, man, we're going to go evangelize, or we're going to go reach the lost, or we're going to give money. We're going to help the poor. We would think those are the natural responses for when God pours out his spirit. But you've missed it. He says, when I pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men and women will see visions and your old men and women will dream dreams. We've missed it. Write it down your notes this way. One outcome of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is people receiving a vision from God. Like that's what we need. We need God to give us a fresh vision. That's my whole dream for you this Mother's Day. It's a fresh vision from God to say, God, I can do what you called me to do. I know what you called me to do, and I'm going to pursue what you called me to do with my life because we need a vision from God, and it comes from his presence. It's not some random idea, a random person. We're going to get it in God's presence. So let me show you when it comes to restoring sight to the blind. Let me give you some keys when it comes to vision that I think will help you in your life today. Number one, write it on your notes. You have to understand that vision is blocked by sin. It's blocked by sin. And sin's a topic nobody wants to talk about, but it's an issue that we all deal with. And the reality is, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you can't see clearly what God has for you because sin blocks our life. And as we give, when we give our life to Christ, when you dabble and play with sin, it's like putting, it, it's like, it's blocks, it disconnects what God has for you. So, so, you, so you, you've made a commitment to follow Christ and you're all in on this thing, but then you start playing around with sin and you get involved in stuff you know you shouldn't involve in and you're watching stuff you shouldn't watch and you have attitudes you shouldn't have and you get your vision blocked. It reminds me of like these little glasses, okay? I don't, I don't wear glasses, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When it comes to sin, sin's like the mud in life, okay? It's the dirt that everybody has and the, the, the world has. And what happens is, is you end up living a life where you've got this thing blocking your life, blocking your vision. So you want, you're going, God, I want to follow you, but you've, got, you've just got junk in your life. And you're walking around going, God, I'm following. And I'm going to make sure I don't walk off this stage. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't be in a fail video yet. I'm too young for that. So there we go. And I, I can kind of see y'all. I can kind of see you, but I really can't make out exactly where you're at. And it's the same thing with vision. God has a vision for your life, but Christians, listen to me. The more you play around with sin, the more you get into the world, the more you get disconnected where you can't see what God has for your life. Romans says it this way. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on what the flesh desires. 
And those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on what the Spirit. The mind on the flesh is death. Remember, it, it brings death in your life. Yeah. So, so that's why, and can I encourage you? Stop playing around with sin in your life. So stop watching those things you shouldn't watch. Stop hanging out with those people you shouldn't hang out with. Stop gossiping when you know you should you should be speaking in those moments. Get the sin out. And when you get the sin, what happens in moments of worship where we confess to God and we go to God and we we say God cleanse us and we have moments like we're going to have today in communion where we get God and we confess our sins. What happens is He starts to clear up the junk in our life and then we're able to see clearly what God has for your life. You want to see clearly. Pray the prayer of David. God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. What's that going to do? It's going to help us see clearly in our life what God has for us. Sin, sin, sin always, always messes up our vision. Here's what I've realized. When I can't see what's next, I need to make sure I was obedient in what came last. So, so many people are going, God, show me what's next. And he's going, your life is muddy because you don't know what you, you're not not obedient to what I already told you to do. Let's, let's remove the sin. Let's get the sin out. And now how do we do it? Ready? Number two, vision is restored by Christ. So if sin blocks our vision, and we know that, sin always, it dampens your vision for the church, for your marriage, for your kids. It always does that. How do we get it restored? Well, we can't work it out ourselves. We can't just try hard enough. No, no, no. That's why we come to Christ. And look what the man did. The man pushed through the cultural boundaries He says, I don't care if everybody tries to shut me out. I'm going to go to Christ. And let me encourage you, when you're in a place and you've got sin in your life and you're struggling in your life, don't run from God, run to God. Don't, don't, Don't back off, press in. And when you get close to Christ, that's where vision is restored. Look what he says when he gets close to Christ. He says, Lord, I want to see And that is the mark of something that'll change your life when you get to God and you go, God, I want to see what you have for my life. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Receive your sight. In other words, there's something I have for you. There's a plan I have for you. And he says, your faith has healed you. Because you asked the right question, you got the right answer. You got it. And I just want you to hear this, and I know you've heard it before. If you've been around Radiant, you've heard it for a long time. But I want you to hear my heart on this. God's got an unbelievably big plan for your life. We can hear those words and we can miss out on understanding how significant it is that the God of the universe loves you and created you and developed you and fashioned and formed your life for such a time as this. And yet we get so distracted with all these other things and we miss out on those moments that God's called you and has a big plan for your life. So what do we do about it? We have to have moments where we can press into his presence, receive a fresh vision from him. And that's what we're going to do in just the next couple minutes. A God-sized vision for your life starts with a God-sized encounter in your life. You press into him. Some of y'all need a moment this week where you just get alone and turn on some worship music and sit there in your living room by yourself and just go, God, what's the vision you have for me? What's the plan you have for me? God will speak. He'll help you. He doesn't want you staying spiritually blind any longer. He's got a vision for your life. Here's my prayer for you. It's what Paul prayed. I ask that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know his hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and their surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe. God's got a big plan for your life. Number three, 
vision has a purpose. It has purpose. You gotta understand, God's gonna give you a vision for your life, and it's not just so that you make a bunch of money or have a good retirement or have kids that obey. Let me tell you, there's a bigger vision that God has for your life, and we see this man stepping into it. Look what it says. Immediately, he received his sight, and look at the results. I'm telling you, sometimes I don't even have to work at this thing because Jesus like outlines it right there in the scriptures. Three-point sermon right there. Look what he did. He followed Jesus, praising God, and when all the people saw it, they praised God also. All right, let me make it very clear. This is God's vision for your life, ready? Is that you follow Christ. You follow Jesus with your life. It's very easy. Like you're, you're following Jesus. Your calling of your life is that you are unashamed about the fact that I'm a follower of Christ. I am living my life totally dedicated to him. I'm following him. And not just am I following him, number two, then I'm praising him with my life. I'm living a life of worship. It's for his glory. It's for his honor. It's for his, 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 um, his domain and his, his fame across the world, my life. And so every time I give and I serve and I invite and I live a life using the gifts that God's given me, it's all about praising Jesus with my life. You, you want to know what God's, God's vision is for your life? You follow Jesus, you praise Jesus, and here's the third one. Ready? And then you share Jesus. You're sharing Jesus. Well, Why? Why? Look what it said. It says not only did he get it, but then all the people around him were praising God because of the miracle. Amen. When you start living out God's vision for your life, I'm telling you, what happens is the world around you is going to start praising God because of what he's done in your life. They're going to see the miracles that he's done in you, and they're going to go, how is that possible? They're going to look at you and go, we know you were the beggar on the side of the road. How do you have vision now? And you go, because Jesus touched my life. And when Jesus touches my life, I get fresh vision. I get fresh passion. I've got a goal in front of me. I'm telling you, I, I'm no longer just doing the things the world does. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it's simple. Here's what I say all the time, is that vision gives pain purpose. So when you want to quit, come on, we've all had those moments. We want to quit. And you got to have a vision in front of you. you got to have that destination in front of you. So you go through the pain and, and you go through the hard times and you keep pushing in and you give when you don't want to give and you serve when you don't want to serve and you keep going to counseling even if you don't want to go to counseling and you keep trusting God for the miracle even when you don't see the miracle and you keep eating healthy when you know you're not wanting to eat healthy. Come on, somebody. Because vision gives pain purpose and we keep moving forward. Have you lost your vision? God wants to restore vision today. Amen. There's another passage, and I'll close with this one, where it's a unique miracle because this miracle is Jesus spits in the guy's eyes to bring about the miracle of vision. And um, I wanted to do the miracle today and an illustration, but I couldn't find a volunteer. So um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Pastors have gotten in quite the trouble doing this illustration, so I'm not going to do that. But um, it's interesting because Jesus spits in the guy's eye, and I want to show it to you, and we're going to close it with this. I preached a young adult's message a few weeks ago at our young adult's group, and um, I preached on this passage, and I'll just close it with this. It says it in verse 23 of Mark 8, and look what he says. He says, Jesus says, do you see anything? So Jesus spits in the guy's eyes. This is another blind man. He spits in the guy's eyes. And he says, do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees 
walking around. Now, I've, I've read this so many times before, but it finally clicked to me. The only way for him to know what people look like or trees look like is that he had seen before. So he was someone that had vision, but lost it. What do we do when we've lost it? What do we do in those moments where we had the passion, we had the focus, we had the goal, and we lost it? We lost it. What do we do when we've lost the vision again? And look what it says. And I, I love this about our Jesus because it shows so much about who he is. It says, once more. Once more. Somebody in here today, you feel like God's never going to use you again like he used to use you. He's never going to heal things in your life like he used to. He's never going to give you that platform like he used to. He's never going to have that business succeed like it used to. You're never going to have that joy like you used to. And I just want you to know we serve a God. I wrote it down this way. We serve a God of the once more. Jesus once more touched the man's eyes and he received clear vision. I don't know what it is in your life that's been lost. But I'm believing today before we take communion together as a church that God would restore lost vision. All over Tampa Bay, would you just close your eyes for just a second? And will we press into the God of once more? Once more. Somebody in here today, you feel like, you know, Aaron, I've just messed up too much sin too much I've, I've failed too much everything I see it's, it's too cloudy my life is too cloudy I want you to know God is in the business of restoring vision what God wants to do in your life is exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask think or imagine he's a God of once more once more just right there in your seats right there where you're, where you're sitting just ask the Lord, say, God, what is the plan that you have for my life? I'm believing in his presence right now that we're going to have sight restored. Some of you, you lost vision for the marriage that you're in. Say, God, give me fresh vision. Come on, ask him. I can't do it for you. you got to ask him. Some of you, you've lost the vision of your parenting right now. Say, God, give me a fresh vision. Some of you, it's in that business that you're in right now. God, give me a fresh vision. Some of you, you've lost vision for even the church you're in right now. God, God what is my, what's my role? What's my part? God, give me a fresh vision. Lord, I pray across Tampa Bay, pour out your spirit on all flesh. Give young men and young women and older men and older women vision and dreams of what you can do through their life. No eye has seen and no ear has heard what God can do through your life. Just tell them, God, I'm available. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you think is possible, God, I say yes. Just commit. Come on, ask him right now. Give it 15 more seconds. God, give us a fresh vision. Oh, it's not a small vision. Somebody, somebody, you, the vision is so small in your mind because you go, I'll just, I'll settle at this area. No, we're not going to settle. 
We're not gonna settle at where we're at. We're gonna continue to move forward to what God can do through our life. I don't think this region has seen what is possible if a church just goes all in saying, God, you have a big vision for my life. I'm gonna follow you, I'm gonna praise you, and I'm gonna share you with the world around us. We just say we're available for you. Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you have a relationship with Christ, I want you to lean in. Keep, keep asking God, what's that vision you have for me? But if you don't have a relationship with Christ, this is your moment right now to trust God, to put your faith in Him. You're, you're the glasses, totally, totally blocked. Why? Because sin, sin blocks our connection with God. So what do we do? We need to sacrifice for our sins. That's why Jesus came. He came to be the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to respond and say, today's my day, Aaron. I want to give my life to Christ. And I believe God will meet you right in that seat. Whatever campus you're at, God will meet you right there. He has a vision for you. He's got a plan for you, but he starts with you surrendering your life to him. And if that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up and say, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Christ. It's the best decision you'll ever make, a decision of surrender, surrendering to the will and the vision of God for you. And watch how he'll change you. If that's you on the count of three, throw the hand up. One, two, three, all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. While hands going up all over. Thank you to those in Brandon and North Tampa, those in the Heights, those in Clearwater and St. Pete, West Chase. Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for those hands. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together and then we're gonna partake in communion. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to surrender my life to you. Forgive my past, my present, and my future for the rest of my life. You are my, you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Do me a favor, all across this room, and with nobody moving around, we're going to take communion together. Why don't we all stand together at every one of our locations? If you did not get the elements, I want you to throw a hand up. We have our team coming bound, and they are going to make sure we get it. I see hands all over this room. And we are going to partake together. And we're going to believe God for some miracles right now. We still have a few more minutes left in this service. Can y'all believe God with me? Just like our man in our story, let's raise our level of faith to believe God for a miracle today. Take a second, take that uh, the cracker out on the one side, representing the bread. The Bible says that the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is gonna represent my body that's broken for you. Now we understand that his body was broken. The Bible says by his stripes, we are healed. This is where healing is available because of what Jesus did on the cross. I feel really impressed by the Holy Spirit to pray for healing in your body today. I really feel impressed to pray for those who especially are, stu- are struggling with um, infertility. And uh, days like today are real tough days. And um, I want you to know I'm believing God for your healing today too. If it's a medical thing, we're gonna pray God for, for, for healing of that. Um, we try to do this often. It's amazing the amount of miracles that Maybe even by this time, Mother's Day next year, someone's gonna go, Aaron, there's another moment of communion. I prayed and uh, God can restore, God can do it. And don't look, like, don't look at the miracle going, well, it's gonna look like somebody else's miracle. Remember, God does it individually and unique in everybody's life. 
So there's those that are dealing with infertility. There's others battling cancer. There's others that are battling issues of depression and anxiety in your mind. Some of y'all need healing in a relationship. I don't know what the healing is in your life that you need, but we're going to bring it to God. So with that bread in your hand, if you need a healing in your body, a healing in your mind, and a relationship, come on, throw your hand up to heaven right now. Oh, God, look at the hands. Oh, God, look at those hands. Look at those people, God. They're your people. Now ask the Lord right now for your healing. Say, God, this is what I need. He's asking you, just like he asked blind Bartimaeus, what do you want from me? Lord, I pray. Lord, hear, hear your people right now and heal them. Lord, for those who are sick in their body, bring healing in Jesus' name. Those who are battling pain, let it be gone in Jesus' name. Those who are needing a healing in a relationship, God, you are the healer. You can give us fresh vision. You can give us a fresh strategy. Heal your people. We trust you, God, that you're a miracle-working God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Now, in faith, we eat together, knowing that you're the God that's healed us. Let's eat. Come on. I flip it over and get that juice out. And the juice represents the blood of Jesus. Where would we be without the blood of Jesus? What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And he is what cleanses us, makes us whole. So Lord, we thank you for your, your blood that was shed for us on Calvary. We thank you that we are forgiven, healed, made whole, being transformed every day to be more and more like Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. We'll collect them on the way out. But how about with all of our locations, join together one more time. Can we just thank him? Can we take a moment and thank him that he's our healer? He is our savior. He is our miracle worker. Come on, let's give him all praise today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.